It's a real uh, privilege to be uh, to walk into a base medrash uh, and have the a few moments to address people who are involved in learning. and who are interested in uh, having the days of Elul count. Big plus to be able to, to speak to you in this, this period of time and to have the opportunity to, to perhaps awaken ourselves to a little bit of, uh, of our avoda, what we are responsible to do during this period of time. It's very appropriate that we're in a base medrash, literally a makam Torah, a place that's kavua, that's set for Talmud Torah. And um, uh, we just uh, came from a siyam. Uh, David Jaffe just made a siyam on Sechus Makos. And uh, somebody came over to me who was there and said, um, when your father was the rabbi, how many people in his shul made a siyam? And I was able to answer with absolute clarity the exact number of people who made a siyum. I knew that there was one person uh, that my father had a chavusa with who would come over to the house to learn at night. And that's how I ended up knowing what a gemara looked like, because they were actually learned it. And that was, uh, other than that, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't have seen anybody else other than my father learning you know, in a partnership. Old man Berkowitz, by the way. So, um, so it's a very special thing. And, and um, Talmud Torah 
is where I want to begin tonight. Um, if we want to look at the bracha of tshuva in Shemona Esrei, and we would look there, we should look there, because Chazal wrote every single word, we know from the Torah, that every single word of the Shemona Esrei is thought through, is based on psukim, based on uh, uh, concepts that are organized the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu thinks the way we're supposed to approach him, what we dive in for first, how many words we use, sometimes how many letters we use in Shemana Esrei, the daven for certain things, these are all brought down by the tour. It's good to review that once in a while, by the way. The tour, uh, so, uh, the, so looking at the, uh, at the bracha of Hashivenu Avinu L'Sarasecha, that's the bracha of tshuva, right? Baruch Atah Hashem HaRetzavah Shuva. So looking at the formula that Chazal evidently understood for tshuva, as the, 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 the bracha says, Hashivenu Avinu L'Sarasecha. Is it loud enough? Could be a little louder, okay. So the, the, I'll ignore the mic, I'll just talk. If you have a hard time t- hearing me, let me know. You have a, are you able to hear? Good. So, Hashivenu Avinu L'Sarasecha. The bracha of tshuva begins with a tefillah for Torah. Hashivenu Avinu L'Sarasecha. V'karvenu Malkeinu L'Avadosecha. The prerequisite for tshuva is Talmud Torah. Return us to your Torah. So there are, there are three levels that we can appreciate this on. Level number one, we're, we're approaching the day of Malchias. The theme, the avoda, the goal of Rosh Hashanah is that we're going to Point to Hakadosh Baruch Hu and accept Him as our sovereign in every possible sense of the word, and it makes sense, therefore, that if we're preparing ourselves for that Malchus, it makes sense that we would want to read the King's book. Makes sense. It would be quite odd if we had opportunities to master parts of, or all of, or levels of the King's book before the King comes and before we appoint Him as sovereign, and we don't bother. So just on a simple level, the first thing we have to do in order to return to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is to show an interest, show an interest in his book. The Talmud Torah is absolutely, just on that level alone, a prerequisite. And I say this to people who are learning because it's easy to be holding and learning and to be undertaking a project of learning and to be committed to learning and to sacrifice for learning and to take for granted what learning is. It's very easy not to realize the kedusha of every word, the mesiras nefesh it is to learn. After a while, you take it for granted. It's built into your life, and you don't realize that you actually have a schus of being mosir nefesh, of giving up of your life force and your time and your family time and your partner, whatever it is, to actually study words of Torah. The kavana of the mitzvah actually makes a difference to appreciate what it is, what is chus it is, that you have an opportunity to walk into a base measure, to take out a sefer, to sit and learn bekviyas, to have a project, not to minimize that, certainly as a hachana for malchias, on a basic level. On a, on a second level, ein bur chet. If we really want to deal with chet, if we really want to deal with, with an avera, we can't be ignorant, we have to know. So we may not know everything, and even after learning, we're still, there'll still be a huge gap between what we know and what we need to know, but at least we're making the attempt, 
at least we're immersing ourselves in Ratzon HaKadosh Baruch And therefore, on that level alone, Ein Buri Rechet, just to become, just to know what Chet is, which leads really to the real, real level. And this is brought out in many places. I've seen it most recently in Divra Yol and Parshas Vayichi, of all places, where he says that a person who's Meshuka Ba'avonis, a person who's immersed in Averus, in sin, he doesn't see Chayv. He doesn't see his deficits. That's the biggest dilemma that we have. I mean, after all is said and done, one of the problems that we have in getting motivated, so to speak, in Elul, to Avodah, is that there is at least a voice, in a, one voice in us, not the only voice, but there's one voice that says, we're not so bad. We're not, we, after all is said and done, we're not so bad. I mean, I, I, yeah, I do this, I do that, I have this indiscretion, I have that indiscretion. But after all is said and done, I go to Shachar's Minchemarev, I learn Torah, I keep kosher, I'm Moser Nefesh, I, you know, I, uh, I, uh, I guide my family, I pay for chinuch, I, in every possible way I'm leading a Jewish life, and I mean it, and I feel, I'm not so bad. And in the not so bad, we end up not really being able to focus on the areas of deficit that, needs a look, that need help. But a person who's immersed in learning, even if he's immersed in learning that has nothing to do with a particular area of life, will become more cognizant, more sensitized, more aware of when he's off, of when he's gliding, of when he's disconnected, or when he's de- distracted, or when he's detoured off the path that he wants to be on, which can happen very easily. The mushal they give is a person who's in a vehicle, and he falls asleep. While he falls asleep, the vehicle ascends to the top of a mountain. He wakes up, and they're driving on the top of the mountain, Skyline Drive, and as far as he knows, they're on level ground. They have no, he has no idea that he's up anywhere. He has no idea because he was asleep during the time that he got there. So he wakes up, they're still driving, everything's the same. When does he notice it? Only when they start going down, then he realizes, oh, we were, at an, ele- we were in an elevated position. So similarly, a person can go through life literally numb and unaware of where he's holding. And it's only when he sensitizes himself to Ratzon Habare by immersing himself in the Torah Hashem, that a person becomes sensitized enough to know where his areas of deficit are, and he can actually see where he's off. So that's a that's that's the um, that's the absolute necessity as we go through Elul of valuing Talmud Torah, but immersing ourselves in Talmud Torah. Now, obviously, during the month of Elul, we want to wake up. We want to be awakened from our slumber. And um, I want to prove to you that you are in a slumber. I want to prove to you. And first of all, the Rambam says so. I don't say so. I don't have a right to say that. I'm just reading the Rambam, right? The Rambam tells us that that's the remez of Shofar. And that means that the Rebbe Shalom established a Shofar in order to, because he assumed we're asleep. But uh, I want to graphically uh, point out how we're asleep. First of all, what slumber looks like is you go about doing a normal routine and you're doing the right thing, but you're not awake. You're not, you're not thinking. And you're not necessarily purposeful about it. You just go through the motions. And you're happy you're doing the right thing, but you're doing it autom- almost on automatic. You're not really thinking about it. You're not really connected. You're not doing it as an act of avoda. That's one way that slumber looks. That's one way. Then there's a slumber of a, where a person is so desensitized that he doesn't realize that he's slipping, that the way he lives, what he looks at, 
what he thinks about, what he enjoys, is not at all consistent with a connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But he doesn't know that because he's asleep. So we're all asleep. I'll tell you how we're all asleep. I'm just a very graphic local, not local Atlanta, but local to our lives um, situation. You know parts of this. I was astounded when I put this together. On June 10th, three children in Eretz Israel drowned. June 10th, three children drowned. Meaning that they were in serious condition, they were on life support, various levels of, of I think one, Rahmanul Islam passed away. On June 13th, a man in his 50s drowned in Sfat. On July 14th, we uh, know Reuven Bauman, Zichonu Levracha, 35 years old, trying to save a Talmud who was about to drown, was lost at sea, and his body was found only a couple of days later, father of several. On July 29th, a couple drowned in Eretz Yisrael, a husband and wife drowned in Eretz Yisrael in Kiryat Yan. On July 30th, a nine-year-old child of Bar Park, a day camp, drowned in a water park. On August 1st, a 24-year-old Bachar drowned on, off of a beach of a fairly undeveloped area of Mexico. On August 19th, Rav David Trauber, father of eight, 38 years old, uh, Rosh Kol drowned, saving his two-year-old from drowning. On August 20th, a 21-year-old yeshiva bachar, actually that was the yeshiva bachar, 24-year-old on August 1st was not the yeshiva bachar in Mexico. On August 20th, the yeshiva bachar in Mexico died. This is astounding. Can you imagine if before, at the beginning of the summer, if somebody had said that there's a gzar din, that this number of yidin, children, adults, parents, would meet their end in drowning accidents. But we have to do something. We can avert the Zardin. Can you imagine how, how what the rallying cry would have been? I mean, it's unthinkable. It's incomprehensible. If somebody would have told us this is going to happen. And chas v'shalom, somebody would have piped up and said, that's the average number of people that are going to drown. If you have that many from Jews in the world, then, okay, and they're all swimming because it's the summer, of course you're going to have drowning accidents. Chas v'shalom, somebody would say that. Because that's literally the way of Achzarius. The Rambam says that when you have an ace when you have a time of tsaris, and when things happen, and a person says, that that's literally cruelty because he's taking the suffering that the Rebbe Shalom is, 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 is designing for us to wake up and maintaining the slumber. He's literally turning it into, it doesn't mean anything. But certainly after it happened, what are we doing about our lives as a result of the fact that Mamish, I mean, some of these people are like one degree removed away from us, two degrees. Every one of us knows somebody who knows somebody or used to live in the city where that person lived or was at that beach where that person was or, or, or could be or would be. So then I saw an article that Chai Lifeline, they should be blessed. Chai Lifeline, after one of the drownings, was opening up a, um, a, uh, a, 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 a line, a, uh, a lifeline. They're opening up a uh, phone line to help people cope with the bad news. And that's beautiful. Bar Hashem. But there's a way, there's a, we have to cope with the bad news. What, in what way? Now, 
I am not saying that I know why this happened. And I'm not saying anybody knows why this happened. I am saying that when we are experienced as a community, freak accidents like this over and over again in one summer, it can't be that we just say, Nebuch, I feel bad for them, that's horrible. Can I write a check for the college fund or for the yeshiva fund or for the chasana fund, or whatever it is, and then go on? It can't be. I'll be honest with you, it's more or less what I did. That's called being asleep. That you hear the news, it makes a terrible impression on you, and nothing changes. That's sleeping. Action has to come. People who are sleeping don't take action. People who take action aren't sleeping. Sleeping and action don't go together. So what are we doing? So again, I'm not saying that Rebbe designed this for us to do a particular thing. But certainly our lives have to become more purposeful. Certainly we have to become more awake. Certainly we have to treasure the moment by moment that Kaddish Baruch Hu gives us and make it count and not, and not just you know, casually do the right thing here and there and just move on. Like, what are we, what? What are we taking on? That's Tam as a Kabbalah. What are we taking on as an exp expression of that we take our lives seriously? So, whatever we're doing in Talmud Torah, first of all, we should be much more structured. We should be goal-oriented. We should take, we, we, I'm suggesting that we take on Talmud Torah as something, as first of all, the prerequisite for a connection with a Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's not possible to connect to a Kaddish Baruch Hu without connecting in a meaningful way with his Torah. And whatever was normative, whatever is normative now, that's the baseline. Because it ever becomes the routine in Talmud Torah, that starts fading into the background and stops becoming what you are devoted to. It's just what you do. It's built in. It's got to be something purposeful and creative. We have to also realize that immersing ourselves in Talmud Torah reminds us of how different and separate we are. This is a very big issue. The Pasuk that we read right before Rosh Hashanah, Parshat Nitzavim, Nitzavim Hayom Kulchem Lefnei You are Nitzavim standing, Hayom today, Kulchem, all of you, all of Yisrael, Lefnei Hashem Elokeichem. And the Yisvarim say that this refers not only to what Moshe Rabbeinu was saying to Klai Yisrael at the moment that they're going through the bris, but this refers to Rosh Hashanah. Hayom is Rosh Hashanah. Hayom is Rosh Hashanah. Atem Nitzavim Hayom. You're standing for Kaddish Baruch Hu on Hayom and Rosh Hashanah. So the Balaturim over there, Seichen Su, another Pasuk. Vayis Yatzvu Tachtis Hahar. V'tachtis Hahar. He just says, he mentions the same verb, they stood v'tachtis Hahar. So what does he mean over there? So I want to make a suggestion. What is the Baal Torah hinting at? Why does he make, draw us back to Harsinai? Tell me, Tzavim Ayam, you're standing today. This is Moshe Rabbeinu talking to him but at the end of uh, his 40 days before he dies, 36 days before he dies. And, um, and uh, the Baal Torah says, like, Vayis Yatsfu, Tachti Sahar. So I want to suggest that if we remember what happened at Harsinai, Kafa Aleim Harke Gigas, HaKadosh Baruch Hu turned over the mountain like a barrel. The Marsha in a very short piece, as a, a lot of Marsha in that Sugi and Shabbos Peiches, but the Marsha in a very short piece, like two lines, says, Kafa Leim Harkegigas, he turned over the mountain like a barrel. He says, like a barrel has an inside. So the, the mountain came down on them like a vessel surrounding them from all sides. 
Those are the words of Marsha. So what does he mean there? So I think he can mean one of two things. One, that's the nature of Torah. And Baruch Shalom is telling them. The nature of Torah is you're going to be totally fenced off from everybody else. Torah is going to be a mugain and it's going to separate you from everybody else. That's, and you have to know that. You cannot think that you're going to have a relationship with Torah while at the same time maintaining your kesher with the, with the alien cultures, with the outside cultures. That's one possible understanding. Another possible understanding related to that, but a different, a different nekuda, is that the Baruchim is saying there's nothing else. It's just you and me. Kabbalah Torah, being involved in Talmud Torah means that it's just you and me. Nothing else matters. That's what a that's what nitzavim means. You ever see the palace guard? The palace guard, the, the Buckingham Palace, right? So we all make fun of them because you know you wave your hand in front of them, they don't blink. So we don't realize they're much more aware and conscious than we are who are doing the waving. The reason that they're able to be so focused is just that. Every single part of them is standing at attention. There's no part of their existence that's not standing at attention. Therefore, they're not distractible. It's not that they're stubborn and they're saying to themselves, oh my heavens, this guy's making a fool out of himself. I hope I don't crack up. This is really hard, but I've trained long and hard and therefore I don't crack up no matter how funny and ridiculous these people are. That's not what's going on. What's going on is they are so focused and so disciplined and so standing at attention that there's nothing but their mission. There's nothing else. It doesn't exist for them. That's what Akadosh Baruch was saying, perhaps, with Kafalem Harka Gigas. When you connect to me, that's what it requires. Atem Nitzavim, you're standing erect and every part of your being is given over. So this is not something we can get to in one day or maybe even a lifetime, but it's a concept that we have to have, that we're not we don't want to diversify our interests to the point where we dabble here a little bit, and we dabble here a little bit, and we yitz a little tamatora here, and we, uh, we have fun with whatever it is. We want to focus our interest, stand at attention, so to speak. Give HaKadosh Baruch Hu all of our being. That's the goal. So we certainly don't want to start purposely diversifying ourselves. That's what Talmud is all about. And I can only say these words to people who are in a base medrash. You can't say these words to people outside of the base medrash. It sounds crazy. But for us, we understand what that means. Because Baruch Hashem was to actually have a meaningful connection to learning. All right, so that's one aspect of getting ready for Malchus. It's just treasuring and embracing what it is to be Lomde Torah. Second aspect of what it is to get ready for Malchus is the aspect of achdos. And when we talk about achdos, when we talk about unity, immediately we go back to sleep because we already know what it is and we all agree with it and we, nobody seems to know how to practice it though. But, uh, so we're all, we're, all, we're all totally committed to it and we're all, we all understand what achdos is and the other people who don't have achdos, they're the ones who really need to understand this and I wish they were here uh, so they could hear the rabbi talk about unity. So what are we talking about Yachtos? So first of all, I want to mention something that the Desler says in Mechdem Elio. Desler Mechdem Elio quotes the Maral regarding the idea that Keshem Sheparzefeim Shonos Kein Deosein Shonos that every single human being is different. 
says the Maral, from the time of Bria Sa'olam until today, every single thing that came into existence is designed to be Megala Kvachamayim in one way or another. But not only that, says the Maral, but every single thing in existence in permutations with everything else in existence is designed to be Megala Kvachamayim. So it's not just this microphone has its own purpose of being Megala Kvachamayim. But this microphone, in relation to the box that it's sitting on, has a different Giluk Vachamayim than the microphone alone. And every person, the Maral explains that, uh, uses that to explain that uh, the, 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 the mission of us, that Baruch could have created everything, everything, in one utterance. Why did he make it by Saramamaros? To give schar to the tzaddikim. Who, who maintain a world that's created in Asara Mamaras. What does that mean, says the Maral? Because the tzaddikim are piggybacking and connecting to every other thing in the Bria. They're contributing their dot, their unique spot of Gilu Kvod Shemayim that they have, because every single person, just like his face is different, his day is different, his day is different, therefore his opportunity for being Megal Kvod Shemayim is unique. And every single person from the time of creation until now, together with every single item in creation, has the opportunity to, to be Megalic Vachamayim. And he uses a mushal. He says he got it from his father. His father says, you look at a factory. So there's, the ingredients are coming in from different trucks, and there's different parts of the, factory, the assembly line. There's no workers. It's all automated. And all the ingredients are dumped in the proper thing, and they go down a thing, uh, assembly line, and they're put together. He was talking about cigarettes, of all things. A politically incorrect example. So, and then the, and the cigarettes come out in boxes and they're all boxed up and everything's perfect. He says that's wonderful because there's a tremendous advantage of that because everything everything works together and it produces a tremendous number of cigarettes. However, he says there's a real problem. What happens if one element in the factory goes haywire, breaks down, then the whole factory is messed up, and then nothing can be produced because everything has to work in sync with everything else. He says, that's exactly what goes on when a person is chote. When a person violates the will of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, he deletes, so to speak, his opportunity for Gilu Kfad Shemayim, and therefore the way it would have interacted with the rest of the Bria is also no longer there, and therefore that whole factory of Gilu Kfad Shemayim is gone. That's what a chet is. That that's what happens. And to the other way around, when a person is Megal Kfad Shemayim, that's the that's the, he, the whole factory, a whole unbelievable geometrically increased number of opportunities of Gilead Kvot happens from every Misa because we connect to everything else. So that's what the Baruch Hashem did. He diversified the opportunities for Gilead Kvot Shemayim. So, um, Achtos, when we're talking about Achtos, what we're talking about is the fact that Kalal Yisrael is designed to be Manlech HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to make sure, what does that mean to be Manlech HaKadosh Baruch Hu? That, we make, that the Kodesh Baruch Hu here on earth is actually king. Kodesh Baruch Hu doesn't need us, but his Ratzon is to be Melech al Kol Ha'aretz, and Klai Yisrael is going to do that. Klai Yisrael can only do that if they're Ba'achdus. He says, Simchazisel says, or his father in law, Simchazisel says in, um, in, a, in a letter that um, even, even Shivcha and Kriyas Yamsuf were holding on such levels, it says, Yachad Kulam Hodu. They made sure to do it all ba'achdos, because only ba'achdos can Klai Yisrael be Machter Kadosh Baruch Hu be Megalik Kvod Shemayim. 
So the achdus that we have to, from Malchias, we have to have the willingness to be nis ached with Achenu B'nai Yisrael. Starting with our next door neighbor, or starting with the guy behind us, or the guy in front of us. Um, we have to be willing to, we have to be willing as a, pre- a preparation for Malchias to look b'malas chavarenu, to look for the greatness of everybody around us, to discover that, not to make judgments, not to be superficial, not to w- withdraw because of our own uh, disdain or our own petty thoughts or because of something that happened or we think happened or some interpretation of what happened, etc., etc. So with that, when we're talking about achdus, we're talking about the ability that a yid has to, first of all, to be meichel, just to be meichel, to let go, not to be makbed on his cover, to let something happen that's not to your liking, that didn't recognize you properly or that insulted you indirectly or directly, or whatever it is, and to be muchel, even though the person doesn't deserve it. And certainly to reach out, to reach out to other people, people who need connection, but also to be nesachet with Klai Yisrael, to realize we are part of a Klai Yisrael. Our Elul is not a personal Elul. Our Avodah is personal. We each have our own personal Avodah. But our Avodah is personal only in the sense that we are responsible to take care of our unit, our little territory of Klai Yisrael. But we're concerned that Klai Yisrael is ready to be Mamacha Kadosh Baruch And therefore, by definition, we love the rest of Klai Yisrael. We want Klai Yisrael to do well. We want the, per- the next piece of Klai Yisrael to do well. We want to be Megala Kvod Shemayim of that next person. So that's the Achdus that comes with preparing for the Malchias of Rosh Hashanah. And then there's one more thing I want to mention over here. The Hayom dimension, the today dimension. It's, it's, um, Chazal say, when it says, wherever it says Va'ata in Chumash, it's Tshuva. Ein Va'ata el Tshuva. Va'ata with Ayah. And now. Why is that? Because Tshuva is a very now thing. What's Ma'akev Tshuva? is one of two things. Worry that I won't make it in the future. I don't have it. I don't have what it takes. I'm not good enough. I, therefore, I won't make it. So therefore, I'm already living in the future that's not going to be good, and therefore, I, I, no, no point. Or um, sorrow about the past, disappointment about the past, frustration about the past. I've been here before. I haven't made it. I've, not, I've tried. It didn't work. Both of those approaches take a person out of the present moment. When a person is thinking that way, he's not here. He's somewhere else. Doesn't matter where he is, but he's not here. The only thing that matters here is here, is is what's going on now, this moment. That's the only moment we have. We only ever only have now. And therefore, atem nitzavim hayom kulchem. There's no other time. It's always today. in his Yisad HaTshuva, the short little letter he writes, like a short form of tshuva. So he says, in the, almost in the opening paragraph, Adam HaShepasha V'chata, a person who sinned, and wants to come dwell, be, be protected under the uh, protection of the Shekhinah, and to enter the pathways of tshuva. Doesn't mean it will be total tshuva. He wants to be, he wants to be on the roadmap of tshuva. Just wants to be in the parsha. I will tell you, I'll enlighten you how to go. 
Bayom Hahu, meaning the day that a person wants to go in the Dachia Tshuva, Yashach Kop Sha'asa, throw off all the sins that he did, Vyasa Atzmo Ki'ilu Bo Bayom Nolad, he should make himself as if that day he was born, and he has no merits or uh, obligations or deficits. And today is the beginning of his undertakings. Today he will improve his ways. So that his wanderings and travelings won't detour from the good path. It's all about today. Now, the Benyana doesn't mean every person should have one moment in his life where he decides that today I'm going to start fresh. He means that's the attitude. Always, today. He's always today saying, I have no pshayim today. It doesn't mean he doesn't have to do pshuva pshayim. But if he wants to get into the darchia tshuva, the first thing he has to do is not allow himself to be burdened by the pshayim himself, by the frustrations, by the failures, by the averis. He has to do today what he has to do. So that's hayyad. Chavetz Chaim, I never heard this one before. The Chavetz Chaim used to say that a person should have the following attitude. There's only one person, there's only one day, and there's only one issue, one inyan. Meaning that a person can only deal with what he's dealing with in front of him at the moment. Anytime a person is dealing with what's not in front of him, the person is not dealing with his avoda at the moment. He's dealing with some other thing, a fantasy, some, either an inaccurate recollection of what went on beforehand, because it's never accurate, or an inaccurate projection of what's going to happen. It's never, it never happens the way you think it's going to happen. It always happens better, by the way, not worse, but it doesn't matter. Most of the time, if you're a productive prognosticator, you're always imagining it's going to go bad. You're almost never imagining it's going to go good. So the point is that Hayoim is the Yisod of Tshuva. It says in the Brach of Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim, what's the Brach a minute here. It's Kedai because the next time you daven, you'll think of this. Yeah. Which means literally, build up your Shalim soon in our days. Another way of looking at it is through Yamenu. Through Yamenu. Through the concept of today. Through our today. Meaning that a person who actually realizes that today, right now, he's not governed by his past, and he has an opportunity, so he, um, that person will be able to, to be zocha, so to speak, to contribute to Bini Yerushalayim. So I want to do something unusual here. We've got a few more minutes before Mayrif, and I have blank pieces of paper there on the middle. Because the last thing I want to do is talk to you, find out that I gave a good talk, have you inspired for 23 and a half minutes, and then by tomorrow you won't remember what I said, and nothing will come of this. There's no point in me doing a talk if no action comes of this. So please, um, take a piece of paper. Nobody will ever see this. You can destroy it after Marv. But I want you to take a piece of paper because I'd like to help you turn what I said into action. I guarantee you this will change your L. Guaranteed. Money back. Don't put your name on it in case you lose it. There's nothing dangerous going to be on here anyway. Matter of fact, if you want people to think you're great, put your name on it and lose it.
Okay, we talked about we talked about three things: Talmud Torah, Achdos Klal Yisrael, and Hayom. Okay, we talked about those three things. So I'm going to ask you some questions, and you can answer whatever you want to answer. Write it down for yourself on the paper. All right, question number one. I want to suggest to you to make a promise to yourself regarding Talmud Torah just for this month, till Rosh Hashanah. What is your promise? What are you promising yourself regarding Talmud Torah this month, till Rosh Hashanah? What are you promising yourself regarding Talmud Torah this month? Okay, and you can make the promise any way you want in quantity, in time, in mastery of a certain unit. Uh, or a certain area, you might want to think about something you've never thought about before. That's my next question. What's something in Talmud Torah you never thought of doing that you could actually do? Right. Like, maybe you never thought of learning Divrei Hayamim days. Right? Maybe it never occurred to you. Right? So, are you learning that now? I, I, I didn't know that. I could see it on your face. Okay. Maybe you never thought of learning Divrei Hayamim Aleph because... He's not going to be doing that for another 15 years. No, that's right. Okay. All right. So the first question was, what are you promising yourself? What's something you never thought of doing that you might do? What's some way that you can honor the Torah? What is some way in your life that you can honor the Torah? It's the Melech Malchi Amlochim's book. It's his, it's his knowledge. What's some way that you can honor the Torah? What can you do to stand at attention? What can you do to stand at attention, to bring more of you into the discipline of standing in a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu? What, what can we do? And everybody has their own idea of what standing at attention means. So whatever your idea is, what can you do? And then one more question in this area. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave that alone. So let me review these questions very quickly. You can work on it for a minute. So what are you promising yourself regarding Talmud Torah this month? What's something you never thought of doing that you could do? It doesn't have to be a promise, by the way. Just could be the answer could be, I never thought of doing so-and-so, and you're not promising to do it. I'm just asking you, what's something you never thought of doing? And then three, what is some way you can honor the Torah? And just to loosen your thinking up, it could be honoring a Talmud Chacham, it could be supporting Talmud Torah, it could be talking about it, about Torah, or about Talmud Chachamim with reverence, it could be um, at your table with more, uh, with more uh, aplomb. Um, and then what can you do to be Nitzavim, to stand at attention? And I'm talking specifically in the area of your relationship to Torah itself. So. Alright, that's, those are those things. Whatever you answer, you answer. And um, it can make a difference. In this issue of Achdos, so here you might want to use initials or some other coded thing. Who is someone you resent? 
Be honest, because you resent somebody. Who is someone you resent? See, if we don't do these kinds of things, we're never going to get real about it, and then nothing changes, because we don't even face the fact that we resent somebody. Who can you resolve something with? Some difficulty, some disagreement, some distance, some frustration, some anger, some disappointment, something. Who can you resolve something with? And it could be somebody in your family, it could be your spouse, it could be a child, it could be anything. And who can you forgive? Who can you be mofo? Who can you say to yourself and to your brother Nothing that he did is worth in any way having it be held over his head. In any way, does should he face a consequence? I totally release him, let him go, matir, it like it didn't happen. Or at least, who, who can you try to do that with? And that would be in the in the realm of Achdus, because practicing that kind of a thing will connect you to more than just that person. No question about it. The person actually proactively connects, not by accident, but purposely connects with somebody or removes a barrier. Barriers to all people are removed. Um, okay, now in the issue of Hayom, the issue of today, this is a very indirect sneak attack on the Yetzirah. What have you been putting off what have you not been doing that you know you should do? You know you should, and I'm not talking necessarily about a mitzvah, I'm not talking about Talmud Torah necessarily, I'm not talking about halacha, anything. The health insurance that you're supposed to check into because you need to go onto that new policy by October 31st, and you haven't been doing it, or any, anything like that. What have you been putting off? I'm not talking about something that you just have been ignoring. You just don't want to do it. Whatever that is, identify it, find something like that, and then do it. Because that's what a person does when he's living in the moment. It doesn't, a person doesn't do things when he's worrying about it, or when he's upset about it from something that happened, or whatever it is. But when he is actually living now, he takes actions. And so if you actually do that, you will start becoming a Hayom person, at least for that moment. Because um, most of us know what, know, know what we have to do. We just aren't doing it. And find something that you're, 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 you're like I said, you're actively, actively resisting doing it. Including creative excuses that are very, very original to yourself. All right, good. So whatever you answer, you answer. There's no right answers here. It's just a, a way of trying to turn these thoughts into action and to make a difference in something that you do. There's, um, in general, I would say that the more specific we can become about ourselves during the month of Elul, the more cheshben and nefesh, the more real, the more fact-oriented, as opposed to just a general feeling, the better off we'll be. And, um, and uh, I wish everybody a tziva and again, thank you for the schluss of being able to share a few minutes with you in a better session.